This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you this morning. We ask for your blessing upon us. By your Spirit, guide us into your truth. By your Spirit, supply every need that is present here. That we may know and testify of your goodness, your mercy and your love that never fails. We have come to worship you. We have come to declare that there is no God like you. You alone are God and there is none besides you. Holy Spirit, we look to you. We look to you for all that God has for our lives. Let none of us live here the same as we have come. And thank you that by your mercy we are delivered from every evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Now, we've suspended, or not suspended, but there were a few presentations to be made, like the dancing stars, the choir. I don't know why the choir didn't sing during offering time. Because maybe we should come again. They were giving offering. Hey, this church is serious, though. <laughs> Even when you're in a choir, you can't escape in giving offering. Well, you are all welcome, and uh, I want us to, I want, the reason why I'm, I'm preaching a bit early is that I need to say what I need to say, and then we pray about what I've said and continue to pray about it. You see, I don't know about you. How many, for most of the time, you know the right thing to do, but what you do is different from the right thing. I, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but me, I find myself a lot. Sometimes I know that I'm not supposed to be angry. But before I realize I'm angry, and when I'm angry and I'm speaking, I say things that a Christian shouldn't say. You know? And then after I regret... In fact, this week, I was about to do something very silly. But as I went to the place, and I saw, you know, it was, I was not wrong. I was right. But the person was reacting or not responding appropriately. So I wanted to prove a point to him. And you know, it's this white and black thing. You see, so when it's white and black, already the, the field is very... If it's black and black, you say maybe he doesn't understand. <coughs> but when it's white and black, you get the feeling that the person is doing what they are doing because of your skin color. So you feel, I need to teach him a lesson. <laughs> and especially when you are right. And where I, where I grew up, White means nothing to me. Do you get it? When I grew up, white means nothing to me. So the 
the white person doesn't mean here. They don't bother me. I'm as educated as they are. In fact, most of them are not even educated. So when it happened, I almost, in fact, the first thought was teach this guy a lesson. But as I went there and I stood there, the Holy Spirit said, is this what you want to teach a lesson about? I said, look, I don't have time for such nonsense. Let me leave it. But you see, my, and if, if I'm to be judged by the Lord, my first reaction is consider the reaction. So if I'm talking about not acting appropriately, I didn't even need to act it out. That it was in my heart. I've acted it already. So I realized that, ah, why is it that I want to do what is right? You know, especially after reading a book on humility. I really have been affected by that book, and I want to always do what is right. But sometimes, I don't. I mean, after preaching for so many years, I don't, still don't do what is right. So when am I going to be able to do what is right? When I'm 80 years, or when I'm 90 years? Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but me, I'm still struggling. Are you with me? So, whenever you hear a message and you know what you're supposed to do, you should pray for God to help you to do what you're supposed to do. Are you with me? Because without his help, we can't do what we need to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Good. So, last week I wasn't here. And I hear my wife preach powerfully. So, which of us do you prefer, me or her? I hear she preached from this book. Hey! And some of you, we are here with you. You don't talk to us. When my wife comes, then you go and talk to her. It's good, but I'm jealous. It shows that in the house, a mother is needed. So she will be visiting us more often. So that most of you are comfortable with her. My wife has a very nice... I don't know something about her. People are comfortable with her. But she's more stricter than myself. If you think, if you think I'm strict. No, you are joking. You don't know what is strict. But somehow she has a way of attracting people to her. And I wish I had that grace. Amen. I'm okay with how I am. So I want to continue on this subject. And the emphasis is on sin. And it affects on us. Hallelujah. Now, not in terms of condemnation, no. But you see, sometimes we do what we do because of what we don't know. Sometimes we entertain things in our lives because it has never occurred to us that, in fact, this is the door by which Satan is always coming. 
Hallelujah. So when it is pointed out to us, then we quickly close that door and the problem is solved. Amen. Now, the Bible, or put it this way, is a verse, but in this book, there's a chapter called duality. In other words, I'm here, I'm there. I go to church, all right, but my life that I live, on Sundays when I'm in church, I'm the best born-again Christian you can have. But once I'm out of church, I'm also another person. What's wrong with that? Everything is wrong with that. Because the Bible tells us that you need to make a choice. You need to make a choice. Refusing to make a choice and having both means you have nothing. If you are bad, just be bad so that we know that you need to be saved. Do you get it? Even the Lord Jesus, when he appeared to John in the book of Revelations, his anger with the church of Laodicea was that he couldn't define what they belonged to. They were cold on their way to become hot, but they stopped in the middle. So we can't classify you to know what to do. And the Lord God that we serve also would want to classify us. To know where we belong. And all through the Bible, there's always been that negotiation that make a choice belong to one place. I mean, can you imagine a lady with two boyfriends and both of them are there to take him out, to take her out at the same time? Or a boy that has two girlfriends and each of them is calling on him at the same time? What is going to happen? He has to lie to one. Do you get it? So, in other words, he has to be, he has to deceive in order to honor the other. So, Jesus said, you cannot have two masters. You either love the one and hate the other, or respect one and despise the other. You cannot love God and mammon. You have to make a choice. And I feel that we think that we can have the two. But in the case of God, you see, Satan doesn't mind attempting to have the two because of what he knows. He knows that God will not have the two. So once he's present, he knows God will reject you. So he mind at all. Why would God reject you if he's sharing you with Satan? Because he doesn't have to have you. He's you out of his love for you. He doesn't need you. I mean, think about it. He doesn't need you for him to be God. 
You see, I need you for me to be a pastor. If I came and all this place is chess, I can't say I'm a pastor of chess. So I need you, but God doesn't need you. He, he, he has you because he loves you. I mean, he didn't need you to discuss about your creation. Yeah, yeah he, he didn't need you. Tell me, were you at the conference where the discussion was made? Which sperm and which egg will meet to form you? Because, so, listen, think about it. If he didn't need you to, for your formation, what else would he need you for? So God stands and requires us that if you belong to me, belong to me. I want to do you good. I want to, I want to pour out my love upon you. But not that I need something from you. When, the peop- when Jesus was entering Jerusalem and the people were singing Hosanna, Hosanna, and the priests were saying, Jesus should make the people quiet for singing and welcoming him. Jesus said, even if these people kept quiet, the stones that are there, the stones, they can start singing. <laughs> you see, because you are dealing with a God who needs nothing from us. And whatever he receives or re- makes us to do, is out so that he will have an opportunity to bless us. Hallelujah. Tell somebody by the truth. God didn't need me to be God. It is because of his love that he has all these dealings with me. I must therefore make it a point to give myself completely to him. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It's important. Do you get it? Now, I'll talk about this later on as we go. But for those of you, most of you should have these books. You should read them. You should see and understand. And it will help you. Don't say, ah, which church is this that every day there's a book to be read? (laughs) Listen, if reading a book can make you into a lawyer, is there anybody doing law here? Who? Where are they? Stand up. Let me see you. You see, what is the difference between these people standing there and the people who serve at the restaurants? But you see, they are reading books. The difference may be that they are reading books so that they wear a wig. No, 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 not the not one for social life. Do you get it? They are, they are, they are reading books or you, you are being prayed for. What are, what are you doing? You, 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 you look at the blackboard. You have books you are reading, isn't it? Yes. So if a book can make you into a lawyer, why should a book not make you into a good child of God? Hallelujah. Thank you. You may be seated. Are you with me? So don't, don't reject what will help you. Because whatever you are rejecting, you are using it in other areas anyway. So why is it when it comes to God? 
you want to reject it? Is it because it's God? Eh? Is it because it's God? Amen. Good. So this morning, I'm touching on the area of sin for one reason. There are many reasons. For one reason. And that is the presence of sin. Or put it this way, the continual presence of sin in our lives takes away or deprives us of the one thing which we need most. And what is that one thing? The presence of God with us. That's all. It's not because I'm jealous that maybe I'm old and my fire is not that wild. That's why I'm jealous of young people who wake up with, I mean, who don't have load shedding. No, 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 no. Just in case you are thinking that, ah, this guy, why is he always talking about this? Is that the only thing in the Bible? No, that is not the only thing in the Bible. But that is the main thing that would de deprive you of what you need most in this life. And that is God's presence with you. The presence of God in your life is your victory. Let me say it again. The presence of God in your life is your victory. Let me ask you a question. How many have been robbed by totis before on your way anywhere? Just give me a wave, just give me a wave. It's not a nice feeling to be robbed. Now, how many believe that? How many believe that? The president, current president, Ramaphosa, as a president, can be robbed by a Tosi. Come again. He has been robbed. He may have been robbed before, but now, as a president of the country, do you think somebody can mug him and collect his cell phone? Do you think somebody can hijack him? Why? Is he not a human being? So, so wh why can he not be marked by somebody? Come again. You see, he has a very heavy protection that you, it will not even occur to you to make that attempt, even if you are the wildest thief. It, it's almost like you want to die. To, to choose the president as your target. Because of the force, the security presence. So he, he, he goes everywhere free. I mean, you and I can't easily go to Hillborough, even now. <laughs> even now, now, now. It's even dangerous to walk in some of these places without anything. Just your body, there is the danger. 
You know, sometimes when I'm driving, some years ago, I wondered what would bring me to Joburg. But now, I drive, going to DFC, passing through some of the places, and I say, hey, Lord, it's a great thing to serve you. <laughs> because I don't know what I'm looking for here, other than souls that are here. Are you with me? So, I realized that the aim of sin is to cause us to be deprived of that which we need most. And that's God's presence. Look, the presence of God is an answer to everything of your life. When God is with you, there's no demonic work that can prosper in your life. When God is with you, there will be no lack in your life. When God is with you, your steps will be steps that only leads to increase, not decrease. When God is with you, there's no power that you will need because you have all the power. Are, are you with me? I don't know if you're understanding the message. You see, we have been taught about many things and have been made to seek many things. But what we need seek most is nothing but the presence of God. because It is the presence of God in your life that makes you prosper in the village. That makes you prosper in the city. Makes you, you see, the presence of God, it's the answer to everything you need. It is the presence of God in your life that will make you stand out different from the rest of the pack. This is what sin tax. Because God will not be present anywhere sin is dominant. I said, God, <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit. Psalm 51. Now, this is a person who understood his success. This is a person who knew the secret of who and where he is. And what is keeping him? When he made a mistake of doing that which was contrary to what God has said, his number one prayer, asking for forgiveness, but makes it clear that whatever you do, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He said, cast me not away from thy presence. Please get that verse for me. I think verse 3 or verse. Cast me not away from your presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. <laughs> because he knew that the presence of God, the presence of God is what makes all the difference. And he knew the risk of losing the presence of God. He didn't, you see, listen, he didn't pray that he should not lose his kingdom. No. He prayed forgiveness and all this. But the one thing he made a clear request is cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Now, what you need and what I need is not a pastor. 
is the presence of God. Let it be your aim as a Christian. I said, let it be your aim as a Christian that every effort of your life should lead you closer to the presence of God. Yes. Whatever you do, whatever you do, seek God's presence. In God's presence, everything would work. In God's presence, you lack nothing. You see, because when God is present, his presence drives away every demonic onslaught. Now, his presence also makes available his voice. His voice will give you counsel. His voice will show you things, which way to go, and what to do and what not to do. His voice will guide you. And his gifts would cause you to excel. All under the protection from the works of intruders, from the works of the enemy. That's what we need. Now, so the reason why we talk about sin and the reason why I'm talking about it today and other days to come is not because I'm jealous of you. I am not. I'm not. Don't think for a moment that I'm jealous of you. The things you are doing, you didn't invent it, mind you. Oh, yes. I mean, if you, you were born yesterday, you know how to do it. Do you think I, I, I don't know how to do it in, in, at, at PhD level? Because you just came yesterday, you even know how to do it. And look at how long I've been around. So I'm not, it's, I'm not speaking about it because I'm jealous of you. No, no, I'm not jealous of you at all. Let me be jealous of you for something else. Maybe I'm jealous of you because you're a young man. It looks like mine is my, my, my strength is finishing. And your strength is a lot. You know, sometimes you, you refuse to accept that you are decreasing in strength because your mental capacity doesn't decrease. But your physical capacity decreases. And you know, sometimes you want to kick against it, but hey, there's nothing you can do. When it comes to exertion, then you discover that, Charlie, it's not the same. It's not the same. Hallelujah. Yeah. So that is why I'm talking about sin. And I want us to read. You see, whatever I've said to you is in the Bible. And we're going to pray about it. But why is it, why is it important? Why am I talking about it? Okay, yeah, you've said about it. So why, why do you want to talk about it? I want to talk about it because of what you don't know about it. How many of us here pray? You spend time to pray as a Christian. You pray. You don't pray. Huh? Or you don't pray a lot. You just pray three minutes. Blessed, bless. Amen. Yeah. You see, but what is the use of a prayer that is not heard? I mean, what's the use of a prayer that is not heard? If you are going to pray, it must be heard. And the one who can answer your prayer must hear it. But in Psalm 68, 
You see, if you want to know about God, learn it from people that have a good relationship with him or that have had a good relationship with him. <coughs> you can learn a lot about me by talking to people that I have a good relationship with and close relationship with. You know what I like, you know what I don't like. Yeah. You see, observing me from a distance, most people get me wrong. From a distance, you get me wrong. I don't know why God made me like that. But if anybody observing people from a distance, you are lucky to get them wrong. Because people who observe my wife from a distance, they get her wrong. Just as they also observe me from a distance and they conclude wrongly. I mean, if I get into trouble and my wife is a judge, I will not go to court. No, 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 no. Especially a, tr a trouble that you regret doing it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think it's okay. I must be sentenced. <laughs> I would not like to go through the proceedings with her as a judge. Because the questions she will ask you, you see, you can't, escape. You can't say you didn't know it. You know, sometimes it's, you are wrong and you just wish that it will be left there. Because running through the details step by step has a way of making you feel that this thing, there's no excuse. Because sometimes you wish to say, maybe I didn't know, so let's leave it there. And at least it's consoling. You regret what you have done. But when you are taken through questions line by line, and you discover that you didn't do what you did with the closed eyes, but you did it with an open eyes. It's almost like there's no excuse that can can, can console you. <laughs> Verse 18. Psalm 66. Did I say 68? Okay, 68 verse 18. Let's check what is there. That's 66, 18 or 60. No, 66, 18. 66, 18. What does it say? Let's, let's read it together. What? Seriously? If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. What does it mean? Regard iniquity in your heart. Living translation. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord who should listen would not have listened to my prayers. Let's read on. Verse 19. But God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. Next verse. Praise God. Who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me? 
You see, a lot of people pray, but our prayers are not heard. Because the sin in our heart we don't accept that it is wrong. You see, confession doesn't necessarily mean speaking it out. Confession is admitting that this thing that is here should not be here. Lord, this is wrong. And I'm not justifying it. It is wrong. No matter the reason why I do it, it is still wrong. And I ask for your help to cleanse it. You see, that's a prayer of David that search my heart. See if there's any way. And cleanse it. Because it's only God who can cleanse your heart of any sin. Because the sin that is there is there by the presence of a power. Are you with me? The sin that is there is not there by a wind that has just blown and mistakenly found your heart. Is there by the presence of a power. And that is the demonic work of Satan. Are you with me? So if something is there, which is manifesting itself in certain behaviors, that is contrary to God's instruction. You see, God is asking you and expecting you to disown it so that he can take it out. He will not take it out unless you ask him to take it out because you don't want it. The problem with most of us is that we regard, it's almost like we surround the sin in our heart by justifying, by, by giving reasons, such as it's a modern era. The Bible is obsolete. The, listen, who is obsolete? You are a fool to say that the Bible is obsolete. Sorry for using the word, but I couldn't get any better word. The Bible is irrelevant. You are not wise to say the Bible is irrelevant. You are not wise. Are you here with me? And I'm showing you that the reason why many of our things continue, one of them is because we really don't want it removed. I said, we really, genuinely, we really don't want it dealt with. He said, stop it, I like it situation. I mean, some of you brothers, I don't know if you've experienced stop it, I like it situation. Do you get it? You are hearing, oh, I don't like what you are doing. Meanwhile, the person is doing nothing to stop you. It's a, we call it stop it, I like it situation. <laughs> stop it stop it but meanwhile look you can't make your face straight to intimidate me so I see some people's faces are very straight it's like listen me I'm not intimidated though
So I'm showing you things to pray on and how to pray. Is there any sin in your life that truly you don't like? That genuinely you don't like? God knows it when you are rejecting it. And tell him, Lord, this thing is coming from my heart. I don't like it. I don't want it. Take it away from me. And then the other, so, so the first part of dealing with sin is to reject it in your heart. You see, when you have rejected it in your heart, you have given God the license to take it out. Sooner than later, it will be out of your life. I'm telling you. The reason why many sins are still present in your life and they are not getting fewer is because you regard them so as God is watching you, and you are saying, Father, forgive me. This, this, this is like, and yet forgive you, but you are protecting the fountain of it. <laughs> okay, let me not go too much into details. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a, it's a Sunday service. Hey, the time runs, eh? Of course, when you have decided to reject the sin in your heart, because remember Jesus said, for out of the heart are the issues of life. In other words, it's not what goes in, but what is coming out from the heart is what matters. It says from the, from the heart proceeds adultery fornication and all the things from the heart wicked agendas so once you disregard it in your heart in other words once you reject it in your heart you have actually dealt the root a blow are you with me the next thing is in dealing with sin is to make available yourself to things that allows the Holy Spirit to work in you. If you have a dental problem, unless you have gone to the dentist, the problem remains. Yes, I have a toothache. Oh, my tooth is shaking and whenever I eat, it hurts. You have to make yourself available to the dental chair for the dentist to take it out. Your rejection of going to the dentist and yet admitting that your tooth needs attention will not help you. Your rejection of sin in your heart without exposing yourself to the word of God, without exposing yourself to the activities that engages you and the Holy Spirit, you are not going to have the sin dealt with. So whenever you don't want to pray, whenever you don't want to read your Bible, whenever you don't want to read any literature about your Christian work, you are actually saying to yourself, I have a problem, but I don't want it to be dealt with. 
Yes, you are not rejecting that you have a problem. You are admitting that I have a problem. But I don't want it to be dealt with. That's why if you don't have a good Bible to read, what you are saying is that the, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Cannot operate in your life. Yeah, that, that's what you are saying. If you don't have a good Bible, and if you don't read the good Bible you have, what you are saying is that the scripture that says that, uh, uh, John 8, 32, that you shall, and you shall, if you continue in my way, then are you my disciples. And he says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Your knowing the truth depends on you. So when you get, you see, some of you, you hide behind money to buy a good Bible and everything. You, you've received at the beginning of the year, for some of us who are on NSFAS, we have received almost 6,000 together with the stipend. What did you do with that 6,000? You see, God is not a ma- God cannot be deceived. You can deceive me, but you can't deceive God. So he's watching your priorities. How desperate are you for the truth? You don't have a good Bible and you don't care. You are thinking of clothes to impress clothes that will reveal the beautiful body shape you have. I mean, some of you, the body shape is not, is the clothes that is giving you that shape. You don't have that shape. You are just deceiving us. And then also we we fools, when we see it, you say, wow, what a, what a nice Coca-Cola shape. And then we are, dying, we are dying for it. Father, deliver me from every such deception in Jesus' name. You should also pray your prayer. Me, I'm praying in your presence. Lord, deliver me, deliver me. I wish my eyes wasn't in my front that I can take it and put it as and when I need it. Because some of the things is kashakata by the name of Jesus. Then, then for a while, you try to keep your eyes away then before you realize. Hey, we are struggling though. We are all suffering. It's not easy. But with God we shall overcome. Anyway. So listen. You need a good Bible. You need a good Bible. You need a good Bible. And, and, And you know, don't tell me that, oh, Bishop, it's for our books money. Did you use it for the books? Did you use it for the books? Yes. So why, why are you, you see, instead of admitting that I've not made it a priority, you are now giving me and presenting, you are playing table tennis with my, 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 my what I'm saying. When I play it to you, then you play it back to me. You say, oh, Bishop, you see, we are students, we don't have money. But you, at least, at least, February. February. 
I mean, somebody who lives on 300 rand for the whole month. You have received 6,000. Let me give a discount. Let me round it off 6,000. And you are saying that you couldn't buy a Bible. It's because a Bible means nothing to you. Even though you are born again. Yes. And please don't say that you are, you, are, you are a child. More time. No, no. You see, what you do now is going to reflect in 20 years time. What you do now is going to reflect in 20 years time. I'm standing here preaching not because of what I did yesterday but what I did almost 30 years ago. You see, I got born again in 1986. Don't worry. Sometimes when, it, when I say 1986, it sounds like saying 1943 to me. But you see, when I, like everybody else, I was zealous for the Lord, going to church, then, you know, after a few weeks, the fire started finishing. And they said, oh, join a ministry. You know, join something in the church. I didn't mind them. Please, join something in the church. It will help your Christian life. I didn't mind them. Before I realized, I was backsliding. I wasn't going to church. It's only when I get money that I go to church. When they call me for the meeting, like the cell meeting, I didn't attend. All the sins that I didn't do, I did them in this period. After being born again. Because Satan wants to dirty you so that you will not even attempt to go back to the house of God again. But somehow, I got to meet this church lighthouse and when I went the message that was preached touched my heart that as a newborn baby or as uh, after you are born again your mind is still the same it must be renewed somehow the message touched me and I said no it was like a light come on and I started being serious in the church. And one of the things that was emphasized in the church at that time was, as a good Christian, you must read your Bible. You must have a Bible and you must read a Bible. You must not just have a Bible, but you must have a good Bible. So, whilst in the church, I didn't have money. So the Bible I had, I was forcing to read it. But every time I, re I read it, I didn't understand much. So, of course, when you read something that you don't understand, would you like to read it all the time? Then in 1991, I, this is 1990. In 1991, early in the year, I had asked my uncle for some money to register for an exams. And he sent me $300 
But for whatever reason, I decided not to write exams. So, I said, what do I use this money for? And mind you, I'm a strag- I was a struggler in school in terms of money. So here I have $300. I need to save it and use it small, small. But I decided that this is an opportunity to buy a Bible. So I took $100. In fact, I, when I did the calculation, I realized that I spent about $150 buying two Bibles. One of them is what we call the parallel Bible. That had four versions together. So when I read the King James, and I didn't understand it, I read in the, uh, the other versions. That is easy to understand. I didn't understand the King James, not because I didn't understand English. Because I was in third year medical school. In fact, by that time, I was in fourth year. So I spent the money to buy the Bible. After that, when I read the Bible, I re- the Bible I bought was a study Bible. So what I didn't understand, I checked the margins and it explained it. After some six months, before I realized, I was understanding the Bible. The reason is that I was reading it all the time because I bought a Bible that encouraged me to read it all the time. Then, pam, the Holy Spirit works. All of a sudden, I'm understanding the Bible. And it has been the case all these years. I don't know about you. You want to deal with sin? I said, do you want to deal with sin? The power of sin over your life, its ability to seduce you and appear tasty, is because of what you don't know about it. You see, you and I know a lot about snakes and their capabilities. Is there anybody here who don't know about what a snake can do to you? Come again. But do you think a five-year-old child would be that much afraid of a snake? Maybe. But how about a three-year-old? How about a two-year-old? Recently, I heard that there are certain tribes. I don't know if it's the Osses Oli. But I heard that when you are born as a child, sometimes a snake comes into the house and comes to wrap itself around you as a baby. And then the parents or whoever it is is supposed to put something, I don't know, eggs or whatever it is there, some about two meters away from where you are, where the baby is. And then they must leave and go. By the time they come back, the snake will be gone. Whatever they have put there is gone. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking to myself, a baby will lie there and allow the snake to come, but not me. 
Even if the snake is bringing a lot of money, you can leave it there. You can leave it there and go. You are not coming near me. No, no, no. I don't want nonsense. Because I know what you can do. I said, I know what you can do. Because just one strike of you, I'm a dead meat. So I will never allow you to come close, even if you are bringing the whole world. Leave it there and go. Otherwise, I'll, be, I'll kill you. If you cross this line, you are dead. You better leave it, even if you are bringing something good. Why? It's because of my knowledge. Now, it is what we don't know about sin. That's why we even allow it to be around. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from Jesus? No. Free from whatever holds you back. Free from whatever keeps you from being blessed. Free from whatever is deceiving you and sending you the wrong direction. So I'm, I'm, I, Because I'm thinking, how did I get to where I am? With all these passions and feelings that we all have. Because me, I, I didn't... You see, when I got born again, and up to now, I've not seen anything supernatural. Like I'm in a room and Jesus came. Oh, if I happen to be like that, you'll see for yourself. <laughs> like Jesus, no, nothing. I've not seen any fire. I've not even had a dream where Jesus is putting fire on me. Nothing. Even a dream of Jesus putting fire on me. When I dream, is I don't even know what. <laughs> I think maybe I'm not born again. But you see, I bought this Bible, and I want to show it to you. This is the Bible I'm talking about. You can see that it was not bought yesterday. 1991. This is the Bible I bought. Come again. How do I read? Oh, I keep my books well. Secondly, I also didn't read it a lot, like. Uh, <laughs> but the little that I read, you get no, no, no. I wish I, I'm in church. How can I lie to her? <laughs> I wish I read it a lot, but you can see some places I really read it, especially Proverbs. Where's Proverbs? Open to Proverbs from here. Okay, where would Proverbs be? It's here. It must be somewhere here. Yeah. You see, I read a lot of Proverbs. So there, you can see a lot of markings. As a young man, I needed wisdom. So I read a lot. There, you can see a lot of markings. I mean, some of the Old Testament, it's now that I'm enjoying the Old Testament. But then I didn't enjoy it. And then also they kept on saying, we are not Old Testament Christians. We are New Testament Christians. We are under grace. We are not under the law. But it's as we grew that we began to have knowledge that the whole Bible is the whole Bible. The old is the new hidden. The new is the old revealed. Yeah. Do you get it? And I, I, I've been using it. 
How am I sharing with you? Because if you make an event, you see, it's a hard thing. God is seeking and watching how genuine you are in what you are asking him for. What are you willing to pay for it to have it? Just one step would make him give you without having to take further steps because you have shown that you are sincere, you are genuine. Yeah. You say you are a student, you don't have money. What did you do with the 6,000? Let's come back to it. <laughs> what did you do with the 6,000? I said, what did you do? Ask the person sitting by you. What did you do with the 6,000? to read two things in the Bible and then we'll pray. Isaiah 59. You can put it in English straight away for us. And I want us to all read it together. Hallelujah. You know, I don't know why I'm desperate for you to be blessed. It's, if, if I could just do it myself, I would take things that will make you be blessed. So I'll work night and day to have you blessed. But I can't do it myself. Unless God has done it, I can't do it. And God also will not do it unless you want him to do it. And you desperately want him to do it. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah 51, 59 verse 1. Can we read it together? We are reading Almost up to a hole, so keep rolling it. Let's go.
Amen. Amen. So we can see that the first part revealed to us our state. Because of sin. And God says, it's a prophecy of Jesus. This, this, you see, the Old Testament, the New Testament is there. This is prophetic of Jesus coming to save us and to be with us. Hallelujah. But the first part clearly shows us the state of a people where sin is dominant. It first of all sucks God away because he is holy and he wants his people to be holy. So any, anybody that is his must strive and work towards where he can be because he wants to be with anybody that is his. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So when we, we, don't, we don't allow, we don't reject sin and expose ourselves for him to deal with sin in our lives and wherever we are, it's almost like we, we don't want him. Because like if you want me to come into your room, then let this room have this smell. But you say, no, I want you to come. But I will choose and I will, I, will, I will keep the smell that I like. It's not, you see, it's not on your terms. It's on your terms. Many Christians' lives are where they are. Making no difference being born again. It's because of this. Because you can say you belong to God. But the evidence that you belong to God is the presence of God with you. I said, you can, you can say, I belong to God. The evidence of it is that he will be with you. So anything that you do that makes him not to be with you is taking away the evidence that you belong to God. I don't know if you hear what I'm saying. Theo, are you hearing me? It's a serious issue. And without God, I tell you, without God, your life will be wrecked. It may look like it's going well, but when the dust settles, you discover that my life is wretched. Mm -hmm. First John chapter 3. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help us. Are you here with me? Do you like us reading the Bible? Yes. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. I said, are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. What am I saying? Basically, you and I need the presence of God in our lives. What any, and, and the beauty is that he's willing and he wants to be with us. You see, it's not like I want something that he doesn't want. I want God's presence to be in my life. And he also wants to be in my life. So the two of us agree 
I want is what he wants. But he says, I can't come if this guy is also with you. If I truly want him, then I have to, I, I have to even declare to him that, please remove it. I want to remove it, but I don't have the power. So please remove it so that you can come. Hallelujah. Okay, let's read 1 John 3. 1. I see great men and women of God arising from amongst us. I see a people whose life would manifest tangibly the presence of God. As they enter places, demons will start to shout and declare their presence and excuse themselves from wherever you are in Jesus' name. Oh, I see it shall be possible. It shall be possible because the Lord will do it by himself. That he has put it on my heart to share with you is what he wants to do for your lives. Believe it. Believe it and give yourself to it. You see it in your life. You remember these days of our services. I may be dead and gone when you are old, but you always testify that I, we had a pastor. We had a pastor when we were young in our school days who told us this way by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. First John 3, 1. Can somebody read? Let, let's all read. Let's all read.
Amen. Good. Again, you realize that sin and the practicing of it is a distinguishing factor in terms of who you belong to. Don't you want to pray about this sincerely? To say, Lord, I can see clearly for myself what sin is to my life. It's a distraction directly and indirectly by hindering your presence coming to me. And without your presence, there's nothing that makes me different from the rest of the world. Yeah. Moses prayed Exodus 33. And this is what he said. Verse 14, Exodus 33. This is what Moses said. In bargaining for the presence of God. I said in bargaining for the presence of God. He made a point that I wanted to take note. I want you to read it for yourself. And you go a few verses, I'll tell you where to stop. Let's read. Now, now, I'm not reading it so that you say I'm reading it according to what I want it to sound. You are reading it. And if you like, you can also read it from your Bible. Let's read it. What did the Lord say? What did the Lord say? And do what? And you lack, some things will go wrong. <laughs> Don't you want everything to be fine for your life? Fifteen. Why? Amen. This one is not my preaching, no. Brother, sister, is it my preaching? The Bible is telling us I, I, I enjoy reading the Bible and I don't like trying to give complicated sermons because the, the Bible is a sermon. The Bible is a sermon. If you read it well enough, you will realize that it tells us what we need to know. You see, Moses, Moses, God said, Moses is different from the rest of the people. I don't, I don't talk to him in dreams and visions. I talk to him face to face. And the man that God says he's different, I talk to him face to face, is saying that if God personally doesn't go with them, he can forget about the journey. Which means that there's something he knows about God personally going with you. 
That is different from an angel going with you. Because God made an offer in the earlier verses that an angel is going to go with them. And he said, forget it. We're going nowhere. Angel, angel, what? We don't want an angel. You didn't start with an angel. We don't want an angel. Angels as your servants. We want you. And you know sometimes some servants can be very wicked. And God warned them that, you see, the angels are servants, but they also are strict. They don't balance things. When you do wrong, they, they do what wrong people must. They do to you what wrong people must be done, what must be done to wrong people. You see, when is your father himself going with you? That is when he can change and bend the rules, even though you've broken it. Yes. You know, like David said, don't kill my son Absalom. Killed my son, but don't kill him. If it was David himself that had found Absalom hanging, he would have organized a crane or get a horse for him to sit on and would have organized his hair and the tree to be cut and taken home. That's my baby. Yes, he has done wrong, but it's my baby. What's your problem? I see when a servant of David, Joab, saw it, he said, anybody who does wrong, this is what wrong people want. Let's kill him. That's it. So Moses rejected an angel. I mean, many of us will be, even be blessed to have an angel with us. But Moses knew something else about angels. And Moses wanted the full blessing, the blessing of forgiveness. I said, the blessing of forgiveness. Angels don't have love. The love of an angel. Angels don't have love. But God is love. And love covers a multitude of sins. Love is patient. Love is kind. Yeah. So, do you want to go with an angel or do you want to go with God? Then let's do what brings God and what keeps God with us. Look, no matter how sin tastes nice, it drives away what you need most, God. And it tastes nice because of where you are. After a few years, you discover that it doesn't really it's not really nice. Yeah. Not that a change, the, the taste has changed. It's your state would have changed. You see, it's like when you are hungry and you are eating food. A hungry person, every food is okay. But when you are full, that is when you begin to discover that this food is not nice. It's not the food that has changed. It's you. Your state has changed. May we never be deceived by sin any longer. Because some of you sin, or some of us, sin is offering you five minutes of pleasure. But taking away from your life the eternal Godhead, the power of God in your life. That's what is taken away. In exchange for five minutes of screaming and just doing some. 
Five minutes is even a lot. I think, I think we should rise up and pray. Don't you want to pray? I said, don't you want to pray? You want to say to the Lord, I belong to you. I believe in Jesus. I've received him as my Lord and Savior. And therefore, I belong to you. Lord, sin will not have dominion over me. Oh, yes. By the power of Jesus Christ who came to destroy the works of the devil, let every work of the devil be destroyed in my life. Amen. Lift up and begin to talk to oh, the Lord. Amen. Lift up your voice and begin to talk to Don't let Satan deceive you to go away from this moment of prayer. Lift up your voice. Together we are praying, Lord, help us. Oh yes, help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Without your presence, we cannot do anything. Help us. Without your presence, we don't want an angel. We want you, oh God. Your presence, your presence, your presence, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. We are asking for your help. Oh, yes. We crown to you. Unless you have helped us, we have no one to help us. We know, we know that all power belongs to you. By your power, destroy every work of sin. Oh, yes. May we be sincere. May we be genuine. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your blessing, the blessing of your presence is what we desire. Is what we desire. Ribaro <laughs> Ribere Sandara, Vima 
cannot end this service without allowing you to receive the presence of God in your life by telling you about the gospel the presence of the Lord is with those who are his that makes the difference to be his you must be born of God for the word of God tells us that whosoever believeth that Jesus is the son of God is born of God therefore to be born of God needs you to believe and to receive Jesus Christ as the son of God into your heart, into your life that forgiveness of sins might come unto you and the presence of the Lord shall abide with you every head bowed and every eye closed there are many that must enter into the kingdom of God today and there are many that must be born of God today by his spirit who will say to God Lord I believe Jesus Christ is your son who came to die and rose again on the third day and by his blood I receive forgiveness of my sins Lord I want Jesus I receive him as my Lord and Savior every head bowed you want to pray this prayer you want to be born of God by receiving Jesus lift up your right hand let me pray with you thank you Holy Spirit yes lift it up high lift it up high say I'll do it tomorrow do it now and look at you have been even where you are look at who is offering you the opportunity to come to him just as you are Many people have rejected Jesus. But those who received him gave him power to become the sons of God. The evidence of your sonship to God is his presence with you. By which no demon, no weapon fashioned against your life can prosper. This afternoon, therefore, you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Lift up your right hand and let me pray with you. Quickly. 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 Let it go up. Let it go up. Let it go up. Don't say I'll do it tomorrow. Do it right now. Let it go up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Let it go up. Don't hesitate. Don't look at who is watching you. It's none of their business. You are doing what is right. Do it. And as you even do it in public, God would also show his presence with you. Not in secret, but in public. Thank you. Somebody here must give your life to Jesus today. Because the enemy is waiting for you after today. But God is delivering you at the right time. Don't postpone it. Do it right now. Lift up your hands. Let him help you before I pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Let us pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today as I surrender my life to you. I know I'm a sinner. But I thank you for the blood of Jesus which washes away my sins. I believe in Jesus Christ as your son who came and died for my sins. I receive him into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Because he's alive, I shall live to declare your works. Thank you, Father, for loving me. I receive your presence in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. Hallelujah. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.